0: Welcome to Fans of the Forge. Today's wrap-up is for Season 5, Episode 5, the Kabil Fleece episode. I'm Chris. I'm Sean. And today, we don't have Teresa, our other co-host, my wife. She's off at camp. Um, but we do have a guest today. We have... Colin, I'm sorry. Okay. I just... I, I, <laughs> I just like totally blanked on your name, but I, Colin Sage, the winner of this episode, is calling in via Skype right yeah. now. So, welcome, Colin. What's up?
1: What's up? I'm here. I'll give a running commentary. Don't worry. I'll fix all the boo boos or whatever, you know.
0: Well, we appreciate you calling in. I, it was really short notice. Um, and when I posted that on Instagram saying, hey, well, you want to do an interview? I. Didn't actually expect anybody, you know, for you to get right back to me, say, Hey, sure. You know, I'll check you out and see what's going on. So we appreciate it, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you guys for having me.
0: So let's get right into it. Round one. uh, First, we'll introduce everyone that was on. Obviously, Colin was on it. And at the time, um, you had five years of part-time experience. Mm -hmm. You still still doing part-time? Uh, yeah,
1: I'm still doing part-time because as much as I love blades, I also like um, health insurance and like a 401k <laughs> yes. and things like that. So I I kind of doubt I'll ever be full-time, maybe when I retire. Yeah. Just because that, that steady paycheck, I have a really good job right now, so it's kind of hard to be like, oh, I'll just give all that up for, you know <laughs> – Right. Maybe some people will buy some stuff. It's also hard on the other end when I get a ton of orders or interest, and people are coming at me. It's like uh, I I can maybe work on stuff like an hour or two a day. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's slow going for sure. But
0: all right. Cool. (laughs) Funny. So the other contestants in this episode was Bob, who had 17 years of part time experience. Daniel, who was 15 years of full-time experience, and Jesse, who had six years of part-time experience. So based on the numbers here, which is how we normally would make our picks on an episode, we would have picked you maybe to be the underdog pick. And yeah. um, we're going to revisit the underdog term with you when we get near the end of the episode. <laughs> so for round one, you guys had to salvage metal from a cannon and there was multiple different metals there that you had to use no at least two of. Mm-hmm. Kit, and uh, basically you had to either do a, to a, high a Damascus or San Mai or uh, just you had to combine two metals to make your blade. Yeah, you right. The parameters were 12 inches to 15 inches of your uh, blade length and then 22 inch overall uh, length, including the tang. So some of the notes we had... Um, you got you and Jesse started off going for that cannon, uh, the bore, the barrel of the cannon itself. Um, right. And you used the grinder to cut that piece off. And then once you got the piece off, Jesse abandoned you and went with the spike. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> and then... You finally were able to cut it in half just to find out that the thing was hollow, right? Was that right? Like-
1: it wasn't a real cannon, and I I figured that going in, but I still assumed that the barrel would at least be like a solid hunk of metal. Yeah, and it looked like it was just laminated pieces together, and I and uh, they didn't really show it, but uh, by the time I had figured all that out, whatever, got my main piece of metal in the forge, like I. Had, I had dropped off like forty five minutes to an hour or something oh, like that. Damn. So I was way behind and freaking out because then I finally get this piece and it's and it's just useless. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. What an- I'm gonna be that guy where they're gonna be like, <laughs> well, why is he why is he cutting that up? What an idiot. <laughs>
0: What's the time? So So well I you you managed to pull it together and um I did take note of a couple couple of the little highlights Instead of a "sand Mai, you end up doing a "sand maybe." That was a good one. That was a yeah. good quote you had there. Thanks. And um, then you had you talked about having to shake off that ash and get to work. And uh, oh, it was good. It was it. <laughs> well. And the, I like
2: how you were like, "Oh, flux is glue, right?" Flux is glue. <laughs> right. I thought, well, going
1: in, uh, there was a couple things I wanted to do. Was one, I wanted to make it past the first round, which I didn't think I was going to do. Um, I was like, if I can just do that, I'll feel okay about myself. Two was I have to be so personable, they have to bring me back. even if I suck at bladesmithing. <laughs> they're gonna have to bring me back. Um, And what a lot of people don't know is I actually have a degree in theater arts. And at one point, I was gonna be an actor. Um, and so, and I've done uh, like videography and worked on films and stuff like that behind the scenes. and so i I was very comfortable working that camera and i was like man i'm gonna work this thing so even if i look like an idiot out there (laughs) maybe i look like a lovable idiot in here and then they'll bring me back on i don't know that was my hope you Um, did
0: a pretty good job like you really hammed it up yeah that 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 initial the initial strut that you had coming out to the uh (laughs) oh man
1: (laughs) i I came out doing that and i immediately hear like you you don't see anything beforehand you don't even you maybe get like a quick tour of the shop you don't see the judges you just walk out and they're there and will's there and you go and so i come out doing that just like trying to pretend like i'm not crapping my pants you know like (laughs) nervous and i just hear dave groan and it's like oh god he's like one of these guys one of these kind of guys and i was like oh no
0: (laughs) I was like, that totally backfired. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? They didn't play it off as having backfired when they no. put it together on the episode. What? They really highlighted your confidence coming out. And uh, even with the interviews with you and stuff uh, after the, the actual round and stuff is over, like they really highlighted where you were at your strongest, like coming out with these little uh, quips here and there or just whatever you were saying, like they were what just kind of, of hairs.
2: I- well, it's going to have this time.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's well, that's the thing I liked that they put in the jokes. But I was watching it and I was like, man, they they really just took all the parts where I look super cocky and they cut out all the parts where I was like, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. lose so bad. Uh, about half of me talking in those interviews was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Ah, uh, this is gonna suck. <laughs> and and so we're watching it and. And uh, my family turns to me, and they're like, man, you're really cocky. I thought you were nervous going into it. And I was like, ah, it's not me. <laughs> it's so I get why they did it, and I'm not upset. But uh, it was interesting to see how they did that.
0: Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. It's always interesting to see how the the final edit comes together after you record something like that. And, and speaking
2: of that, I know, like, so that there's a scene where Will's, like, I hate camp knives. You know, it's just oh, it's yeah. like whatever. And then it cuts to you like, well, I'm going to make a camp knife. <laughs> it's like, so was that like real time at all? Like, did you hear him say that or is that just edited? No, no. And
1: I think that was one of the more times you, uh, they probably thought up something on the side to say instead of being more organic. Um, but you really can't hear them when you're in there. It's so loud. Just even the forge is going, regardless of the power hammer or the, um, presses like you, you can't hear anything. And I had headphones or earplugs in. And so I would like try to make a joke with the judges thinking like, Oh, you know, we're going to have little quips or whatever. And they would just look at me like, what? <laughs> when I did the fluxes glue thing, they all were just like, what? And so I was like, well, oh, that didn't land. And I guess somebody had to tell them what I said. Uh, so it was really interesting. Like, even when you get kind of close on like the drill press, it's still really hard to hear them.
0: Yeah. But okay, so let's continue here. So the other note that we had was um, you did your quench on your blade with about 30 minutes left and then you kind of were able to finish up um, doing whatever you could at that point to just be done with round one. Um, We had some other notes on the other contestants. So, Bob, they made a big point to talk about how he had quenched his blade without doing any thermocycling prior to that. And right. that then Ben as you know, as, as the judging went on, kind of brought that back in when his, his test ended up he broke right on the first. Well, I
2: like how they don't show anyone else really doing thermocycling in the episode before they quench. Right. Which is typical. So I don't know, I, is that happened? were you doing that
1: or was anyone else doing that? No, it? I I didn't have enough time. I mean I wanted to do like clay right. um the back and then kind of, and I was just like I, there's no time for any of this. And I quenched twice. They didn't show it. Oh, okay. um, I was just I was so I couldn't tell if it was hard and I was so nervous I was like whatever do it again yeah. Um, so yeah it was interesting to see that because I was like I
2: didn't do it not I don't, I don't know if the other guys did it you're kind of tunnel vision yeah yeah. I, don't know. I think they just make it a point to insert that and then oh look his blade breaks later right so, I
1: don't it might have been why his blade broke it could I be, don't know. but like I know why mine sort of did you know, it was a, some kind of crack or something underneath my San Mai. Right. And so I couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. And so it was, like, really, like, oh, my gosh. You know.
0: Yep. So what other notes we have? So Daniel, he was off to a running start. He was, like, he was almost done with an hour and 15 minutes left. Like, he had a really nice-looking blade. He did his quench and found three pretty bad cracks along the, the cutting edge. And so he abandoned it and started over with an hour and 15 left and managed to pull out a pretty respectable blade <laughs> for that last. Oh, yeah. Day. For one hour's time of being able to put that together. Like I was, that was really impressive yeah. on his part, I got to say. And, um, yeah, that, that's about all I- Yeah, I found him over by one of the fans,
1: and he was waving a blade trying to, like, slowly cool it down. And I was like, Oh man, that looks really good. That looks way better than mine. He was like, "Well, it's my second one," and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what?" And that started to sink in, like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm so out of my league right now." <laughs> um, but I think, uh, it, it, not to take away from him, but it, I, I found that when I was just working my high carbon, it went really fast. But when I tried to do the sand mine, it just like demolished the blade made this giant nasty banana thing and it took forever to get it. You know, that's where my time got eaten up. Right. Cause they don't really show this, but there's only one power hammer. So when you're like forge welding, you've got a very slim time and then you just keep looking over and people are on it. So I went over to the press and the press just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh! <laughs> And you try to flip it over and do it the other way and it just, <laughs> right, this giant potato chip thing. Oh, geez. And I was just, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh. Yes.
0: Uh, so finishing off round one, the uh, notes we had for Jesse, he ended up using the same material that you did for the most part, although he waited till pretty much the last second to implement his second medal as the guard yeah. Um, rather than doing a full San Mai. Oh. And then from there, moving on to the judging, they had a—was that the—oh, no, that was uh, just the judging. So basically they looked at Bob's as a thick handle. Daniel's was looking good. Jesse's was really rough, um, not really a finished blade compared to everybody else's. And then, you know, they they commented, you had a really good blade shape with yours. And the only thing was you kind of need to refine your handle a little bit at that point. This is the end of round one. And from there, because Jesse's was the roughest of all of them, just not quite as far along as everyone else, he ended up getting the boot. And um, you moved on to round two alongside Daniel and Bob
2: yay
0: yay yay, that was yay. Good. <laughs> so uh it was
1: it was yay then too i was <laughs> like oh my gosh i can't believe it <laughs> so round two i
0: don't know if you want to talk about round two Sean. yeah
2: so uh let's see um with uh with yours judges had a concern about the long weld when you took the can pieces and put them on the tang to kind of beef it up you're like oh he's got a really long weld there might you know the heat might might make it really you know unstable it's like yeah okay you know something it was
1: perfectly far away from the edge i wasn't worried about it but whatever drama
2: Yep, exactly (laughs) um and then bob kind of comedically had his belt speed turned way down so whenever he's sanding the belt kept flying off and he couldn't get metal shaved off and then he finally took a while from there realized oh wait it's turned down at like 20 percent so then cranks it up and everything's good (laughs) so uh and then he finished with an hour left and just oh yeah just Just sat down just sat down
1: yeah i told him he should do that (laughs) i mean he probably was gonna do it anyway i'm not taking credit but he was like i've got an hour i should i was like i told him i was like you need to call for coffee and magazine because they did that and he's like famous for it he didn't win but he's still like famous i was like if you can do that Like you can be the next Ray.
2: (laughs) Looked like Ray too. He was like, like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't think he. Maybe he got a drink, but he had. I uh, think he had some water or something. Yeah, or something. And I was like, I was like, dang, there he goes. But at the same time, I was like, he just kind of paracord wrapped his. Yeah. I saw his blade. It was really rough. Like he didn't even get all the hammer marks out. Yeah. But um, he didn't do it like Daniel. It was kind of purposeful. You could. It was like a. The hammer marks were in a very specific way.
2: Yeah. Looked really cool.
1: I was like. Yeah, I was real yeah, Daniels was like, "Well, I'm not going to beat him in this because he's got one of the nicest knives I've ever seen on the show." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was blo- I was like, "Oh my gosh." And then so I was like, "Well, Bob's doesn't look great and they hate paracord." So I was like, "If I can just perform the same as Bob, I think I will win in that." But I was still, you know, I I was nervous all the way through, but I felt a lot better in round 2. It was, you know, things kind of went my way. Mm-hmm. right you're just cruising along. it was like, oh, this is fun now, you know instead of stressful.
0: Were you dancing at one point while you were grinding? Was that they, they made a comment? <laughs> yeah Yeah, try
1: again, that kind of like I gotta try to pretend like I'm confident, even though <laughs> uh, and there's um to my critique or uh, criticisms they didn't show was when my knife broke, Ben also like looked at my knife and was like, these are some really strange grind patterns here. He's like, your, your profile is kind of strange. And he was like, it looks like you were nervous in your grind. And I was like, how did you know? <laughs> because when I was grinding, all these thoughts go through your head. Like I've done this a million times, but, uh, it's not going to be good enough. And so I just started like, I just started grinding. I don't even know in a weird way. And, and it was funny that he commented on that. He was like, you know, looking down the profile now that it's broken it looks like you were, like, really afraid and, like, left some, like, this round meat in the middle. And I was like, yeah, probably. I was, ter- I was terrified that it was going to break. Yeah. And then that's what I ended up doing, so.
0: Well, when came, the testing was the ramrod chop. That was yeah. all that ended up happening for the testing there. So,
2: Bob goes first. And on the first hit, his blade broke, which was, I'm sure, devastating for Bob. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh did that I mean so you said like I was worried my flavors would break when you saw that happened was it just like holy shit is this going to be me next?
1: Absolutely. It, for one I was like, "Oh, for a second I had a thought, this is awesome. You know, I'm basically <laughs> going to move on, you know. I uh, cuz it was like one hit. So I was like, you know, there's no I I I've got this now, but then immediately I was like, "Oh man, that could be me." In two seconds. and I was almost wait I was basically waiting for it I was like I know that's gonna be me for some you know I was
2: just
1: I just knew it I don't know what you know I, I had no idea it was gonna do that but I was right. just like
2: man who went next that's- was it Daniel that went Daniel next? went next he got through it all no major issues with that and then it was on to you and yours broke on the third hit and like you said it was for like a crack that had formed um, during and, what the heat treat Right, underneath of the sand, my Weld. Okay. So it
1: was like, yeah, it was like an internal crack. And yeah. you said you could tell because of the way you could see burned steel, like in the center but not on the edges. And I was like, man, that's crazy, like one in a million. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but so, they they gave it to to you, and, and Bob had to go because his didn't complete the test as far as yours did. So, yeah. So you move
0: on with uh, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. And that leads us to round three where you guys had to recreate the Kabil Fleece. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. They kind of said that a uh, few different ways on the show. Thought and I thought I looked,
2: heard cable.
0: Well, then they said it was the traditional sword of the Cable Berbers, but th- they spelt it the exact same way, like in the closed captioning. I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. um, it was an interesting looking sword design the fact that it had the two inch wide at the base yeah. then tapered and then flared back to two inches, then tapered again at the point. Um, like <laughs> I could see, you could tell on your guys' face like, oh my gosh, what the heck is this that they're making us do? But... I was
1: so devastated. <laughs> so a couple interesting little tidbits. So my knife breaks, right? Yes. Um, I'm really devastated about that. I'm like, man, I don't deserve to be in the final. I just don't deserve to be here. You know, rules aside or whatever. Um, And then somewhere in between there, you know, in that little bit of time before we go back out for the reveal of the sword, I find out Daniel had his own show on History Channel where he like makes knives like from scratch. And he's like, Oh yeah, well, we also make flintlock rifles and I like hand bore out the barrels and carve everything myself. (laughs) and, And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And then we walk out and I see the cloth is a really long, right and i and they ask you in the like pre uh getting on the show interviews they're like you know could you handle doing a long sword at home if that happened i guess because they don't want to send somebody home and it's impossible for them to do it right Right. so i was like i basically said not really you know don't give me a long sword (laughs) and they were like okay okay uh so then i see that thing and then he's like whoa look at this super long thin sword and i was just like It's like utter defeat, you know, I was I was for sure that I was just going to go home, waste five days and just come back just to lose, you know. And I was like, oh, man, I'm I'm just going to go and lose. And then I broke a knife. So I just like I'm just going to look like a fool
0: out here. It was it was rough. So, the quick rundown of, of those five days for you guys. Oh, one other spec was that you guys had to do an animal head icon on the pommel of the handle itself. So, um, they didn't really show Daniel much for his five days. They, they mentioned a little bit of him uh, doing some work, and then by day three, he quenched it. Had a little issue with some warping, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was a warp that he, he didn't think he would be able to fix. So he just left it, and I suppose it wasn't as bad a warp as they kind of made it seem. If He said it was okay, just run with it. Then it couldn't have been too badly warped. Yeah. Um, and then from there, for him at least, they skipped to day five where he was working originally on a dragon head for his handle and then decided to, to switch, make a, a handle out of wood and carve an eagle head on there. Um, but they didn't really show him much. And we've come to, to figure out over watching you know, all these episodes and doing the wrap ups that when they don't show you, usually that's a good thing. Usually that means that there was no real major issues during the the process of making the weapon. So Mm -hmm. compared to not to say they were showing a lot of you, but they showed a lot of your day one Mm -hmm. through five. Now you had to start off by cutting your forge in half just so you could even work on it. Right.
1: Right. Cause there's a bowl. So if you have a long piece, it goes down in the bowl at an angle, and then you can't work, get the whole thing hot, because how are you going to get the middle in there? Right. So I did chop it up. Um, They didn't show it, which I was surprised, but I was super sick the whole time. (laughs) I got home, because that was the next day. Like, we flew in. And I got home at like 6 p.m. and they were like, hey, we're going to be there at 8 a.m. Like, get ready. Oh, I my didn't God. have anything ready. I didn't have any extra steel. I didn't have any charcoal. I didn't have anything. And Man, then you're I was like, this sick is my as last
2: a- piece of metal here. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> right. Well, they send you
1: home with some kind of metal, like a recommended, but you don't have to use that. Okay. And that's okay. with everybody. So me and Daniel used the same steel. Um, but other than that, I was like, if I screw that up, you know i'm i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't have time to do anything else and i was so sick i had to, the first day i had to keep like laying down in the grass because oh, i was God. gonna pass out or vomit or so i was really surprised they cut like any mention of that oh yeah, uh, yeah oh yeah I and i guess i probably didn't start feeling better till like day four. Ooh, uh, wow. Oh. My yeah i was so <laughs> sick um so that <laughs> I, I was so I was like, man, surely they're going to talk about that because it's like drama. Uh, but whatever, for whatever reason, they didn't mention it. So
2: interesting, All right.
0: Yeah, no, um, yeah. What else did we have here? Uh, so day
2: two, you had some issues with the blade thickness. Yes, it was like they so the
1: you know they'll they basically will send everybody if you make it to the end home with some kind of steel. You know, they gave us these rods. It's like, oh, this is you can use this if you want, you know, basically. Or you can use whatever you want. Who cares? Um so I was using that piece and it was like it it was just barely enough steel to get that like two inches wide to where the blade is getting really thin, like to an eighth of an inch on the spine or maybe even less. And I was freaking out. I was like, oh man, this is getting like crazy thin like You know, I would like it to be this thin at the final point. But if I'm going to quench, it's that thin. Right. Right. Like, so I don't know. It was really, really stressful trying to. And it pushed me because normally I'll be like, well, you know, if I'm feeling insecure about this or worried that it's going to do something bad in the quench, I'll just leave it a little thick. But I couldn't do that here. So I'm, I'm basically just having to get in there and just just forge it. I don't know. Like It was like, this is, this is my test. This is my challenge yeah. to forge something so perfectly, there was like no room for error.
2: Right. Um, and you hopped on your, really your horse. Crazy. What's that? You hopped
0: on your horse.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that until they <laughs> showed it on TV. I was like, oh, my gosh.
0: We actually – I put out a little request for questions to see if there was anybody that followed us on Instagram that wanted to ask you a question. And one of the questions – uh, was what was the name of your pet rocking horse, and do you still ride it?
1: <laughs> I wish I could think of something really clever right now, but uh, the rocking horse probably had a name at some point it 's like uh the garage is full of a bunch of crap, and that was childhood rocking horse just still sitting in there and uh it doesn 't have a name, not that I can think oh, of i'm sorry i'm sorry um yeah i will i still ride it from time to time
2: <laughs> See, I feel so like look that's... out on instagram because i will, i've been meaning to post some videos of me and the horse <laughs> there you go. i feel like that's something i would do if i had that and i was on the show and it was just that horse is hanging out i'd be like you know what i'm gonna go hang out on the horse for a little bit i'm gonna say something clever like you know what man i gotta clear my mind you know what does it for me though I just got to take my horse out for a ride, and I'm just customizing. Like, yeah, it makes sense. This Perfect. Is better. I'm, I'm better now. Okay, I can focus now. I should have said
1: that. That was only. That was one of the few times I actually had like fun on those five days. Because there was, you know, a lot of jokes in the studio. But when I was at home, it was like, I am exhausted. I don't have anything clever to say. At one point, at the very end of my like, or not the end of, or the start of day five, I was drilling holes to put the pins in the handle and it wasn't drilling through. And I like burned through like five drill bits and I was like freaking out. And then the cameraman gets in your face and he's like, how, how are you feeling in this moment? Like, tell me what you're feeling. And I like those guys a lot, but I had, I was like, dude, you need to get out of my face right now. And I was like, I'm sorry that I'm so angry with you right now. I will, we'll be friends later, but get out of my face. And I was so mad. And he he's like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so it was it was good to have it over with, but and that was stressful.
0: So I did we did have one other note is that you had to uh, dig a trench to do your heat treat. And I know that You've posted at least a few things on Instagram since then of you using the trench. Now, is it still there, or have you retired the trench?
1: It it's still there. That uh, on Instagram, I had to redig dig it, um, which the second time was better because I wasn't on the time clock.
2: Sure.
1: <laughs> and the first time was the, I got I cleared out all the roots. The first time I was like, oh, I got to dig this trench. There's no trees around, and yeah, there's these massive roots. I'm just like, I got no time. <laughs> it's like it was like a heat wave this was um back in september we filmed okay and it was like good all those days until like the the quench day and then it was like 90 degrees and i was just like i hate everything this isn't (laughs) i didn't think it was gonna work um at all there was a you know, I was kind of getting in arguments with the producer. I was like, if this doesn't work, what do I do? Like, if
2: this doesn't work,
1: what, <laughs> do I just go on and lose? <laughs> like, what what happens? You know, what happens if you can't quench a blade? Right. Uh, and he didn't have any, he's like, I don't know, that's never happened before. And I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> so... uh Yeah, I had like a stand-up fan. I just kind of laid down on the ground to kind of like blow oxygen onto the thing. That whole thing melted. (laughs) Shot back, and that was melting. And you can't really see it because there's not a lot of flames. Um, But it was so hot, I almost passed out into it. Oh, no um you can sort of see it in the episode but like i had a little magnet because it was so bright you couldn't see the color so i had to test uh, to see if it was past critical temperature and i like reached in with my magnet and uh, the heat was so much and i pulled the sword out and then the sword fell and i like tripped <laughs> oh my god And then I, was like, I was like oh no i don't have another chance at this and like, i had to pick it up off the ground <laughs> so, yeah and there was a part I thought they were going to put in. I lit that trench quench with gasoline because I was totally out of lighter fluid and, um, like, my blowtorch was dead. So I started dumping gasoline on it. And I was like, you see this, boys? This is Kentucky. Here we go. And like, even, I even, like, uh, did the gasoline, like, line and, like, lit it and let it go. And the producer was like, oh, this is awesome. This is going for sure. And I was like,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> and make it. <laughs> oh man. Oh wow, I Did wish you, they. I would love to see some of that footage. I'm sure that was yeah, pretty yeah. Cool make to it see. a two hour long episode. Put the good stuff in there.
1: Yeah, right. I would sign, man. If I could have that footage and just like sign a thing, like no one will ever see this. I'd love to do that, but I know that'll never happen.
0: Yeah. So, oh, so you just mentioned something uh, from a technical standpoint that I was not aware of. Um, we have no experience, by the way. Like we've never done it. We actually are taking blast, a blacksmithing class on Monday, like our first blacksmithing class, just to get in there. Awesome. Um, but so you mentioned using the magnet. So, how how does the magnet work when you're trying to, to figure out if it's the right temperature?
1: To so get, um, so when I sequence, it has to be at critical, um, oh, what's that called? Critical temperature, which is when steel basically is about, about 1500, 1550, I think. Somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong when they can Google it. Um, Basically, the steel becomes like a super plastic. The carbon starts to free float inside the steel. And once that happens, um, that's when you quench, the carbon will realign itself. And that's how you get like brittleness. Um, But it has to get to that point because if not, you know, you need the, you need the carbon to be free-floating at about that. And so when it does do that, it loses its magnetism. Oh, okay. So you can touch it with a magnet and it won't stick. Right. And that's when you know you're, you know, r- right about there. Gotcha. So, and since, and you can sort of tell in the colors, you know, if you were somewhere dark, but when it's bright and sunny, I couldn't see, you know, the blade doesn't look like it has any color in it. Even though it could be, you know, close to melting, you know, oh, if it's yeah. that, to me. so yeah, I just had to reach in there. I went and bought. I bought one of those little things. I couldn't. I didn't have a big magnet, so I was like, I gotta find a magnet. And I got that little thing you put under your car with and put the key in.
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that's yeah. the only magnet I could find. So I was like trying to like touch it with that, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if it's stuck or not. I don't know. It's so hot. Just put it in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the vertical quenched tube that you used actually worked pretty well for you right like mm. having it be vertical kept it from bending side to side or, or up and down like in a normal horizontal quench like with something that long and thin at least right
1: right it would still it's still it i actually had a slight warp too because um, it can still go like side to side like curl up kind of like a potato chip sure uh um, But, yeah, I was worried it was so thin and long that it would, like, bend, like, curve or katana back, you know, or something like that would happen. Um, So, the vertical quench, it helps with that for sure.
0: Okay. So, moving into the last little section of the show here, the testing. Sean, you want to run through the testing?
2: All right. So, we have the heel test from U.S. Staff Sergeant Chris Mash, who was subbing for uh, Doug. And
0: uh, what
2: was that? It was the ballistics dummy. Oh, the, oh yeah, that's right. The dummy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that dummy's got that messed up.
0: Yeah, those swords were brutal
1: on that dummy. <laughs> yeah. Dude. That, uh, he freaked me out. Doug was like, Well, he didn't have the sling on, and so I didn't know he was hurt. No, he didn't tell us. And then he was like, Well, I'm going to test your sword, but there's a problem. And then he left a long pause and I was like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong and I'm, and I'm finished. And he like long pause and finally was like, I can't test it. That's the problem. Here's this guy. And I was like, what? You know, we had no idea any of that would happen. And then it, and they, I asked somebody later and they were like, oh yeah, well, it's been going on for a while, but it hasn't aired yet. I was like, thanks for telling us. We're up there freaking out. Right he was like i want to test these swords but there's a big problem
2: guys and i was
0: like <laughs> 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 that's dug for you
2: yeah well i guess that's all of yeah. them because they like doing that for sure yeah, yeah I mean, if nielsen's like oh we have a problem here because he's done that seriously oh, he- when there was a problem <laughs> uh when he, what, he couldn't shoot that shoot that thing out of the cannon oh yeah that I was, was like, cool. we have a we have a serious problem here it's like, all right, bro, like, take
1: it down They would a say that stuff even like kind of off camera. They kind of mess with you a little bit. I was like, man, you guys, you're dirty. And, the, and those Will Willis pauses when he's like, the
0: champion is, it's way longer in real life. Oh, yeah, I have to imagine. Yeah, they're it's they're like double get, the time. They're probably trying you know, to get reaction shots for everybody as, yeah. as he's saying it. and Right. Oh.
1: So it's just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> test to those dummies back to the dummies he oh, when yeah. he was attacking those you know i wasn't really worried about it at the time but then when he started getting into it it's you know he stuck it in and then he just started to twist and like kind of just pull sideways out yeah. of the dummy and i was like and from the angle i was at you could see it better than the camera There you know huge flex oh, getting yeah. it out of there and i was freaking out i was like oh my gosh oh <laughs> my
2: gosh. <laughs> There's some good Doug cam in there, too.
0: Yeah. So hashtag Doug cam. Anytime Doug is not testing, but somebody else is testing for him. Usually Mm -hmm. you see him in the background and it's his face. And if you watch his face in those background shots, He's always got a huge grin. He's yeah. like, yeah! he's so into it, dude. He's out of focus, but you can tell he's got this big grin on his face. So we always try to highlight those moments of Doug just in the background with this oh, little man. smile as he <laughs> disembowel the dummy. Yeah. And then they had the uh, terracotta pot smash. Now mm-hmm. that that test was one where you could see how when he was, when Ben was swinging them and hitting those pots, you could see them, like, flexing quite a bit as he was hitting the pots. Like, you could really get a good idea of how how thin those blades actually are and how much flex there actually was to them um, right. during usage, at least. Right. Um, but you had no problem with yours. Yours, you know, from what we saw, went right through, and Ben said, yeah, it was, you did a good job. Which blew my mind because, <laughs> he
1: again, that, like, TV pause, he's sitting there feeling it, and it was covered in dust, so I couldn't see anything. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, that had to have messed up my edge. And he's got this look on his face, like, hmm, hmm. Anyway, it's great. I love it. (laughs) It's like,
0: oh. And so, this test, you know, for Daniel's kill test, he did a good job too, but they made a comment his handle was really small. And then that small handle basically came back. For each of the tests, they they mentioned it was really hard to control his sword because the handle was more of a knife handle than it was a sword handle. And from the terracotta uh, pot smash, he also had a little bit of edge damage on his blade. So at this point, when they said that, did you feel like I have a chance here? Like I might be able to really actually take this guy, take the the whole contest and win it? Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, That was like it was starting to build in me. I, I think I came in, well, I didn't think, I came in thinking I want to redeem myself. You know, even if I lose, I want to just show that I made a really good, effective weapon. Um, And so I was more pleased that like I was doing good rather than like, Oh, am I going to beat Daniel? And I didn't think, you know, looking in hindsight, it was, kind of clear you know if, if i would have been outside of the situation i would have been like oh yeah i probably got this um but uh in the moment i ne- you know right up into the end i had no real idea yeah because um, they they cut out a lot of that judging too which i i get why they did it but a lot of it was just interesting i thought um when dave did his test you know, he did, he found the balance point on both of our swords and like held it and balanced it and talked a lot about balance and how, what forward weight does and talked a lot about the handle and the pommel and counterbalance and all this stuff. Um, and they kind of cut a lot of that and I was like, oh man, that was a really interesting part. Um, so there was, and it, and they kind of cut some criticisms and some positive things from both of us. Okay. A little bit. So I think, looking back, I think they did it uh, maybe to make it seem a little more close. Because, and no offense against Daniel whatsoever, his sword was way more beautiful and I think better crafted than mine. He just was so out of balance. You know, I think um, it was maybe even a little more than they were kind of leading on. Okay. Okay. You know, and and you can really see it when they had it there. Like, it, it was also because he had a lot, his belly was way up front. Yep. And so you know they, you could see it when they held it. You could see it. So like in hindsight, I'd be like, oh yeah, I probably win just on performance. But in the moment, I was like, man, his blade looks killer. Right. I feel like it's way more clean than mine. Like all this stuff.
2: So I was like, man, he's he's got it. In the bag. <laughs> you know. I felt. I think another point they said was like the pommel wasn't
0: very big, so the hand could just. Kind of slide. Oh yeah, like they There's said that. Holding it on he, his his handle might have been a little more salvageable if his animal at the end had been larger to help keep the hand from sliding off the end. Right. So um, his
1: beak, he his beak on his bird was also broken off.
0: Oh really? Which,
1: yeah. When we came in, it was like that, and he was like, "What the heck?" Mm-hmm. And then my animal head, which I'll get to that in a second, was <laughs> totally rusted over. And I was like, oh what God. happened? Like nobody could, I get why they didn't, you know, they probably were like, well, this is how it came. It probably happened in shipping. They're like, we're not going to touch it up for him. But it was still like disappointing. Like, oh man. And he was like, my beak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it was, cause it was about a month from the time we finished the five days to the to the time we went back. It was a little over a month.
0: Oh, okay. So I'm
1: sure they had been sitting around for a while. Right. Um, and I was like, man, I should have. Taken more steps to protect the, you know, the anti-rust, but oh well.
0: So, with that, after all the testing, they announced you were the winner. So, congratulations. I'm Did sure it. that was mind-blowing for you to to be there and actually get that, you know, Will Willis saying your name as the Fortune 500. Oh my motorcycle. gosh, yeah. And uh, so, that leads us to a question from Alex Ruiz, who was another Forge and Fire champion that we just interviewed uh last week or two weeks ago now, actually. Yeah. Um he's volander Forge on Instagram. And okay. um he he said to specifically ask you what's the animal's head? An underdog, which is kind of what Will Willis oh. also <laughs> said at the end there. So please enlighten us.
1: Let's let's talk about this. Let's break this down. <laughs> all right. um, so obviously in editing, they choose what they want to show. And I, you know, I wish things were a little different, but I wasn't irked about anything. I thought it was all fine except for my animal head. I, that was the one thing I was like kind of upset about because it was a specific animal. It was a hippo. And I thought that was going to make the cut because I kind of had to, I had to carve it last minute. Um, there was some problems with that and it just kind of happened. It wasn't a choice. I was like, I'm going to make a lion. And then like, oh man, I'm, I don't have enough metal here, you know, kind of freaking out. And then I was like, oh, his teeth are kind of squared out. Like it's kind of got that shape. Like, oh man, yeah, it's going to be a hippo. This is great. We made a ton of head, hungry, hungry hippo comments, <laughs> uh, in interviews. Um, and I think what happened was one, Will had that underdog line and two, Uh, I made that joke at the beginning like you guys are gonna have to guess and that didn't come off the way I thought it was going to yeah I was gonna like hey let's play a game where you guys guess what it is (laughs) and and, but looking back it sounded like I have no idea what it is I just kind of made something um but they cut every time one of the judges went up they knew what it was but they were messing with me because I said that and like Dave was like oh it's a Or uh, Ben was like, it's a chupacabra, isn't it? (laughs) And Doug was like, I think it's an alien, some kind of alien. And Dave said it was, ah, I forget what he said, it's something dumb. (laughs) And then so they edited it cleverly because at the end, Will said, "Okay, guys, what did you think it was? And they went back and said their things. And he was like, well, I think it was an underdog. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, I hate all of you. You know it's a hippo. And they're all <laughs> laughing. And so I was like, oh, this is going to make it for sure. So I actually – I'm so mad about that because, one, it made it look like I didn't know what I was doing. Two was after that, I rebranded myself as Hippo Head Forge because I thought that was gonna be a big part of the episode was the hippo head. There was so much talk about it and the interviews and talking about it. And so I was like, yeah, this is going to be perfect and then just like nothing, cut every mention of it. Even when they show the swords and it like swings by, they like swung by the pommel real quick. And like no one, you know, they never looked at it. They never did a close up of it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so upset. And then so people afterwards were like, he didn't even make an animal. He, he, he just made something. He didn't follow the rules. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so that's the only thing that I am upset about with my episode. The the just, Hippo Justice. Hashtag Hippo
2: Justice. All
0: right. Oh. We'll throw that in there. Yeah, that'll be yeah. out there. We'll, we'll put that out
2: there. Okay. But did you get a Fortune Fire tattoo as promised on the episode? Not yet.
1: Um. I can't believe I said that uh, (laughs) on air, so to speak, Uh, because I would joked about that before and I joked about it like off camera and they were like, oh, you should say that. And I was like, I can't say that because they're going to cut back to that if I go out first and be like, look at this idiot. Um, (laughs) So I I said it anyway and I was like, oh, no. So I am going to get something. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the. I was going to get something else, but then after the whole hippo and Kabil thing, I think I'm going to get the Fleece down.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Here, like this. Nice. But I need some, you know, I need time. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) It's kind of a big piece, and uh, the guy I want to do it is crazy booked for forever. So it's kind of like I've been putting it off, and people keep asking me, like, hey, man, where's your tattoo? Let's see it. Let's see it. And I'm like, uh So one day, I, it's definitely on the the books or whatever. It will happen one day.
0: I, probably,
2: on your, if people ask, but, just say it's on your butt and you can't show up. Well, if it was on my butt, I'd probably show them.
0: <laughs> At least you're honest about it. So um, we had a few other notes. Let's see. They made a point to show when you were doing your quenches that you called it razzle dazzle. Is that something right. you you do all the time or was that just <laughs> something they picked up on for the show? <laughs> no,
1: I, this goes back to, I wanted to make an impression really bad. So I, having been a huge fan of the show and knowing a lot about TV and editing and all that stuff, um, I know where the parts that will make promos basically you know the stuff, so I wanted to be in all the commercials. <laughs> so I was—I've like, got to say something cool or silly when I quench. You know, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Like I made sure, to like, turn and like let the flames blow out and like blow it at the cameras. And like, you know, <laughs> I was like, because I got to make the commercials. You know, and so in a lot of the promos, whenever they talk about like the canon or sp- something specific, I made sure to say something like big, quick and you know about the episode and it worked because I made most of the commercials for the season right right when the season was about to start at least and I was like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) it totally worked so no I don't normally say that Uh, (laughs) in my head I'm more like oh shit oh shit oh shit
2: (laughs) what else we got here Um, did you do anything to prepare for the show like
0: before going there.
1: Uh, okay. Let me, let me unpack this as quick as I can. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre- a little preemptive strike here. This is not to toot my own horn at all. Um, I, uh, like before the show, I was, I moved away from Louisville to Baltimore because I worked in theater and you kind of got to travel for that. Um building stuff. I was like a welder and a rigger and things like that. Um, so I was living there for like a year. And then for like six months, all that summer before the show, I was like floating around the country, working all over the country, different places. Right. And I had applied and I knew I was going on, but it just like somehow it went totally to the back of my mind. And so even before I applied, I hadn't forged anything in a long time, like wow. nine months. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I just didn't think about it. And I got wrapped up, you know, life was really crazy at the time. So I was like, you know, whatever the show. Um, so then like I came, I was floating around the country and then at one point I had to, I looked at the dates and I was like, Hey boss, you know, I gotta leave this contract early cause I got to go back to Louisville so I can fly out in like three days <laughs> to go do this thing. And so I had like one day at home before I got on the plane and it still hadn't hit me that it was, gonna you know, it just I don't know why. I don't. So I get home and I was like, I should probably practice. Yeah. <laughs> and then I start I went out there and I was like, hit, you know, hitting. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to forge. And then I was like, what how do I practice? I can't with the equipment I have doing a knife in three hours is not a legitimate thing. Right. Right. Yep. You know, so. So then I just kind of gave up on that (laughs) and it didn't, it hit me in waves. So I flew there and it still didn't really hit me. Um, And then the night before I kind of was sitting there in bed and I realized I need to pick out what kind of knife I'm going to make. And then I was like, Oh crap. And so I'm like, I pull up old episodes and I'm watching and I'm like, okay, something Oh, camp knife, whatever the easiest thing I got to go simple, simple, simple. Uh, and then it still hadn't dawned on me that this is going to be like an intense, crazy experience. Again, I don't know why. And and then the next morning we met up all the contestants before we went there. And immediately they start pulling out phones and like, oh, look at this thing. I just finished and this thing. And Daniel's like, look at this you know, sea dragon I carved or something. <laughs> and that's when it started dawn on me like, oh, my gosh. I'm so out of my league. These guys like have been breathing this and preparing for it and all this stuff. And then we got to the studio and they're just like, get out there. And you just like step out and Will Willis is like, all right, here we go. And it was like, Oh, (laughs) and for, and there was a little bit where I was like, well, you know, if I, I'm here to just have fun. Right. I'm just, I don't expect to win. I'm just going to have some fun. And, uh, but then I started, it started to dawn on me that, okay, you're having fun, but if you come out uh, and you go home bad, like you don't finish a knife in the first round or you break a knife, like if it's bad, like that, that could ruin you for a while right. at least. You know That will ruin your reputation. And then it started to dawn on me like, oh, my gosh, I just kind of wandered in here thinking I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. But this could potentially like ruin my career in this. <laughs> And I, and then I just started to freak out <laughs> like all through round one. I'm just freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God, why didn't I prepare? What have I been doing? What, 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 And it showed, I think my knife was terrible. I, you know, looking back, um, even if it hadn't broke, I didn't think, you know, the design was kind of poor, the handle was poor. It was all just kind of okay. Um, so I really didn't, buckle down like so when the sword challenge came around it was like okay this isn't for fun anymore like i have to have to like take this as seriously as i can and i still you know basically scrape to win by i'm under no illusions there <laughs> that daniel is much better smith than me and has tons of experience and all this stuff so um but i'm glad but i'm glad of all that because like my knife breaking it sucks but I'm glad because then when I went home after the show, I was like, that can never happen again. Right. Right. And so I got in the, in the time between we filmed the show and then it aired, like seven or eight months, I was on it every day, like perfecting all my stuff or not perfecting, but getting better every day. And, um, and so it really pushed me like, you know, I, like my knife was terrible. I don't, you know, I kind of just scraped out a win like that's not going to happen again. And so I'm, I'm glad that happened in hindsight because it, it still kind of stinks to look back like, oh, I'm going make a very good knife. Who's going to want to buy a knife from me? Right. They might want to buy a sword. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's really pushed me to take everything to the next level. And so I'm happy, I'm kind of happy it happened that way, really.
0: Well, good. So now have you gotten a lot of, like, people requesting, like, custom stuff from you after you won?
1: Um. I've mainly got a lot of people requesting um, late night rendezvous. Oh, <laughs>
2: really? All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, here's the seedier side of forged and fired champions. <laughs> um, well, so I imagine most of those people will be watching this. I'm not upset at anybody. Um, I more am just confused when it's <laughs> it'll, it usually starts something like, "Hey, saw you on the show." You know, get a lot of that. You know, congrats. Um, a lot of people, local people, and I'm like, heck yeah, because no one, I don't think, from Kentucky has ever won. I'm oh, okay. pretty sure. I, I haven't watched a lot of season five, so that might have changed. But at the time I was like, uh, I'm like 95% sure I was the first Kentucky winner, first time Louisville. So I was like really pumped. <laughs> anyway, so people would be like, Hey, what you know, good job, and then they'd be like Hey, I'm right across the river or like, I'm right here. Like we should get together one night or something. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was unprepared. That was, that was I was unprepared for that, <laughs> for that level of st- stardom or whatever. I'm, a lot of times I reply, I'm just like, I'm just a regular dude. Like even if people weren't being creepy, they were just like freaking out. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you responded to me. It's like, uh, I, Okay. I mean, you probably have more cool things going on in your life than me. Like I'm just a (laughs) regular guy. Like I'm not some crazy superstar or anything. So, but for the most part, it's a really positive. A lot of people have, uh, want my work, which is great. Cause even, even if like five people are like, Hey, can I get a commission? That's like overwhelming for me because I work full time and I work a hard, you know, full time. And so I get home and it's like, Oh man, can I hit a piece of metal for like 30 minutes before it gets too dark, you know, or something like that? Right. So right. it's it's kind of slow going, but but it has been great, and I've and I've loved all the fandom. I don't know. I guess I have fans.
2: I guess. Thanks, guys. Sounds Thanks, like guys. It for sure late night yeah. rendezvous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's been in- really interesting sometimes, the stuff. Also, people will just hit you up and, um, and just ask you things or ask if you can make them something. And it's like – it's just totally out of left field. Like they'll send you something that's like a picture from like a, like a Walmart knife that's like a 10-in-1 tool or something. And they're like, hey, can you make me one of these? And it's like, w- what? <laughs> like, I, I, I guess, but I, I feel like you could – One, buy one for way cheaper. Two, I don't really make those things. It's like neon colored. (laughs) Or sometimes I'll just get a message like, just like, what's up? Or just like, hey. Or one guy was like, yo, 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 it's your biggest fan. And then like sent me some memes. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, that's it. There's like no context. And so sometimes it's fun and I'll play back. And sometimes I just, I'm just at a loss. I don't even know how to respond. (laughs) I'm just like, uh, uh. So it's, it's really interesting. I love everybody though. No ill will for anybody. I'm not trying to call anybody out. Um, but just know, sometimes I'm just confused. I don't know how to respond.
2: Well, that's very confusing. So I don't think you can blame you for that. I mean, yo, 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 here's some memes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah. I'd show it to you, but I don't want to call this guy because he is the. He is the coolest guy. He's my number one fan. <laughs> All right. So if he's watching this, I still think about you. Number one fan. John, do
2: you want to get anything else here? So recently on Instagram, you saw you singing in a waterfall. Was there any motivation behind that?
1: Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I... I need to, I need to stay relevant. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest motivation. Cause I work so slow and I, I'll, I'll get on Instagram and I'll see guys that are just like just pumping out videos and like cool stuff and knives. And here's the stuff I'm making. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I you know, I gotta, I gotta stay relevant. I gotta, I gotta keep riding this wave. <laughs> and so I, I try to do some fun stuff. I really want to do like fun videos or just like interesting videos, like going to a little tutorial or something. Um, but then I, don't, I just have no one. It's really difficult and tiring when you're in the middle of something and you're just covered in muck. And then you're going over to your phone or your camera and trying to adjust it. Um, and two, if I just set my camera up on a tripod, it'll look terrible. And as a former kind of film videographer guy, like I can't stand that. so. <laughs> yeah. I try my best to do fun videos, and that was my opportunity. I was out taking a little vacay, and I, and I had somebody with me, and so I was like, you're going to be the camera person, and we're going to do a fun video because I wanted to do these so bad, but I just have no you know, real way to do it by myself. So trying, everybody, fans, trying to
2: get them out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us how you got into bladesmithing?
1: So... Uh, theater guy was going to be an actor. And then I moved into technical theater because I realized actors don't uh, make any money and they're broke and don't eat. Um, so then fell in love with that, became a carpenter and a welder. And while I was in school in a welding class for theater, I was really bored. And so I was like, forget this, I'm going to make some swords. I'm gonna make some prop swords, and because we we had a bunch of steel, and we had a, like acetylene torches, and so I was just like, "Oh man, this is a lot of fun!" And I kind of, you know, made these really ugly things that weren't, you know, I had no idea what I was doing, but then I just knew I was like, "That that was so much fun!" And I kind of did some grinding and some bending with like an acetylene torch. I was like, "I want to know how to do this for real, like how did they hit it with a hammer?" And so looking back, I'm kind of sad, like my drive and ambition kind of out went my research if that makes sense like I would just kind of go and do things without doing much research or I'd just like look up a quick thing and be like oh okay I I get it now and then like fail miserably (laughs) and be like what's a quench what's this and it took me a long time a lot of trial and error and looking back I'm like man if I just had somebody to show me some things or if I'd asked some more questions I could have started in a much better place because it took me a long time to get, you know, to where I'm not like looking back a week later and cringing at my work and being like, Oh, this is, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so I kind of, Yeah. I just fell into it. And I was like, I have to do this. And that was right around the time fortune fire started. And so I was like, what's this new show? And then that kind of I got me hooked, man. I was like, and then people were like, oh, you should be on there. You do it too. And I was like, I don't do it like they do it. <laughs> and people kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I didn't even want to do it when I signed up, I, but I was getting pushed and pushed. And finally I just kind of gave in. It was like, fine, all whatever. Fill out an application. And then so we go from that to winning was like, you know, <laughs> favorite show and then you're on the show. And then before you know it, you're won the
0: show. It's crazy. So, if you're making something for yourself like is there a particular style of blade that you really like to make or that you would consider like when you your best uh, your whatever you, you think of maybe your signature style of blade that you like to make or you've per- perfected to whatever level that is
1: uh, well first I don't make anything for myself okay uh, I I just find I'm not motivated if it's for me, you know, I need, I needed it to be at least at the very least like a gift or to know that it's going to somebody, um, to really get me motivated. I finally found out to my detriment that I was carrying around like a failed knife for a long time. It was just like this piece of crap that was like, Oh, I'll, I'll carry this one cause I'll never sell it. And then people would be like, Oh, you're a knife maker. Let me see your knife. And I'd be like, oh, don't look at it. Don't judge me. I kept saying the phrase, don't judge me on this so many times that finally I did make myself at least a nice little, uh, a nice little, oh, there goes my light, everyday carry. <laughs> Hold on, let me check that before I start a fire or something. Because <laughs> um, I was like, man, that's like my walking advertisement. Oh, yeah. You know, so to all you uh, knife makers out there, if you don't like making for yourself, make one good one for yourself and wear it around because people are going to want to look at it and want to look at it and want to look at it. And if you're like me, you know, you'll be for a year carrying around this piece of garbage because <laughs> it's for you and you don't care. And then everyone wants to see it. And then they're like, Oh, you make these. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but as far as signature, I, for the most part, I kind of make whatever I feel like it feel like, unless someone asks, and that's only been recent since the show. You know that I have a bunch of people asking constantly, but right now I'm really moving towards kukri knives.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I really I enjoy making them. I like them. They sell really well, um, and they're just really badass. And so I've. Uh, really been pushing for those and people ask for them probably more than anything else so I think that is my hopefully going to be my signature blade I think my only hesitation there is like that's Jason Knight's signature blade <laughs> a couple other guys I follow who are really good and so I'm like oh man I hesitate to be like yeah that's my signature blade
2: <laughs> well I can just say it's a night, It's a blade you enjoy making I guess yeah, you
1: could yeah. say that Right, boom. Oh, I got one right here. Oh, it still has clay on it. Yeah. I haven't heat treated it yet, but I brought it um, a little behind the scenes when it's really hot in the summer. This is the handle right now. Um, I don't do much on the handles <laughs> <laughs> forging wise because it's I'll get it to the width, the thickness I want, but then I'm just like i want to get away from this fire right now um also you're kind of burning money (laughs) so it's just like screw that so sometimes you'll see if if i've ever post like unfinished things on instagram yeah it'll just be like a block for the handle because it's just been so hot lately i've been like oh forget that (laughs) or i can't decide what the handle will be i just like i want this blade I might do something with
2: the handle later or whatever. Just get it out of the way. I just need to get some stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any good uh, beginner's tips for people starting out? Um, I'd say
1: ask a lot of questions. I can't really tell you from who. You can ask me questions if you want. Uh, try to find somebody to ask questions because I didn't do that. Um, and I felt like I could have started off at a much higher level if I had and do tons and tons of research. Uh, also I'd say the biggest thing is just look at the kind of knives that you want your knives to be, you know, you're not copying anybody. don't think of it like that, but just look at somebody's work and say, Oh, those are really nice. And then try to copy that, you know, not like you're trying to copy them, but how do you make it look like that? Cause a lot of times you'll see if you go through and look at a lot of beginners works, they kind of have the same look about them. The bevels are really low. You know, there's just a little bit of bevel at the end of the blade. They kind of have this rough quality to them. You'll see the angle grinder marks because that's kind of the most popular way to do it with the angle grinder. Um, and so they all had, you know, everyone kind of has, who's starting out, has the same struggle. And I was there too. And so I would say, like, look at your work and then hold it up to someone that you think is good and say, well, what? how do I change? this to be like that and really think about it like think about where the bevel goes think about how the handle shape is think about how things come together look at the transitions like really analyze because i didn't do that for a long time i would just make something and i'd be like why does this kind of look off you know why is it i don't you know i don't know whatever i'll make another one and it it took me a while to really focus in on the little aspects and say okay well, maybe you need to go like buy a knife, maybe not a super expensive one, or something you can hold and look at, and say, oh, okay, here's where the bevel goes, okay, here's how the slope is, here's how this is. I'd say that's the biggest thing, is is analyze your work against someone else's, and see, and just to see, because that'll help you open up all new kind of avenues, you know, like, oh, I'm not just gonna make it just like theirs, but it'll help say, oh, okay, well, this helps the blade function better. When the, you know, when it's a certain way, certain shape, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Okay, cool. Do you want to be a contestant on Knife or Death?
1: Mm, all right. Not going to toot my own horn again, but I bet they would have me.
0: <laughs> oh, I, that's what I was going to say. You'd probably be really well suited for that show, like coming in and, and going through that test. I think they'd probably have you for sure. Maybe. Maybe I think
1: I, I'm worried that I would go on and look foolish, like look like a real idiot. I'd have to practice, you know. This time I couldn't just go in. Um, I've thought about it a lot.
0: We'll we'll see. Is it is the season
1: still going on right
0: now? The first right season now? is done, I think. Nope. So they're they're okay. probably prepping for season two now.
1: Okay. Well, maybe I'll think about it. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really close. Because part of me is like, oh, any exposure is good exposure, right? Um, but then I think back to being to that first round of Forge and Fire going, oh, my gosh, I, this could be negative exposure if I really screw up. Right. So there's that in the back of my mind. Like, oh, man, if I go on. Just think about this. I'm really confident in my work now way more than I used to be, especially since my blade broke on the show. I'm like, how do I make knives indestructible now? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm so confident, what if that one little tiny percent, if I go on there and I break a blade on knife or death, that would be catastrophic in my mind. Yeah. So that like that, that's basically all that's keeping me from doing it And which is silly because it's like such a small percentage of a thing, you know, like don't let that stop you. But it's still just like, oh, man. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really leaning towards yes. Okay. So we'll we'll see.
2: We'll we shall see in the future. All right. Um, <clears throat> have you ever been to the Blade Show? No, i
1: I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> um, that's the other thing. I don't really follow, or i I try to now, but before. Um, when I was starting out, I didn't look at this stuff. I didn't look at other people's work. I didn't look at other knife makers. I didn't really even know what ABS was or the Blade show or any of that, which was silly looking back. but um so I went on Fortune Fire, and like immediately everyone's talking, about oh, blade and this maker, and you see this guy, and you see this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, and everybody's talking about it. And I'm just like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. <laughs> I know nothing. I don't know. I don't, what are you guys even talking about? Who is that person? What's that thing? I don't know. So I, I really wanted to go this year, which is a shame because it, it wasn't that long after my episode aired. So it would have been, you know, kind of riding that wave yep. of popularity. It probably would have been best, but I couldn't. I didn't make it. I was out of town. And I wouldn't looking back, I wouldn't have had anything to take with me.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: Not that I would sell anything, but I'd still want to like maybe take a few things. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm taking them to Blade, they gotta be, you know, super perfect. So next year I'm hoping that one that I'll go and two, right now I'm working on a replica of the Kabil Fleesa. Oh, okay. Uh, like a replica slash better. Um so I'm hoping I can like I can take that and maybe a a couple other like really signature, like super nice pieces uh, when I, next time. Cool. And who knows, maybe I'll be on Forge and Fire again, who knows. Yeah,
0: they always, they do bring back champions to do like the contest of champions. I know, oh man, that'll be so nerve (laughs) (laughs) wracking. I was gonna say, maybe we'll see you at Blade Show next year. We're considering going ourselves. Hopefully we'll have some experience with something by that point. But uh, just walk around as, even yeah, just to experience it. I think dupes. as fans, we might check it out. So <laughs> we'll
1: see. Yeah, for sure. And this, your guys' show will probably have blown up, and you'll be millionaires, and you can walk <laughs> around. And,
2: <laughs> million pesos.
1: I, I've got a couple good friends that do a, just started kind of a, a podcast. Not like this. It's it's a comedy. Anyway, but, so I joke with them, like, all the time. Like, hey, you guys famous, like, are you guys famous yet? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we had Jason Knight, like he contacted contacted us out of the blue. Like when we had like 10 followers on Instagram and like eight subscribers on YouTube and he messages me and he goes, what are you guys doing here? What is this? And I was like, we're doing wrap ups of Fortune Fire. He goes, do you want to do an interview with me? I'm like, yes, yes, right now. (laughs) Let's do it. And then so when he did the interview with us, it was like we got a couple hundred extra followers on Instagram like 50 subscribers now like on YouTube. So we're by no means big compared to other oh, YouTubers yeah, and stuff, no but it's more than more than we were before he came along and offered to give us that interview out of nowhere. So, um, he helped us For out sure. quite a bit. Yeah,
1: I did see that and I was like, Oh wow. You know, <laughs> yeah. this, I was going to do it anyway, but, uh, I was browsing through it just as quick as I could, and I was like, "Wow, they got Jason Knight on there! Like, man, that's that's awesome. That's good for you guys, because I also saw you weren't like huge, huge." Yeah. So I was like pumped for you all. Like, man, they got him on there this early. Like, hopefully, this thing builds.
0: Yeah, and grows we, we've and been stuff. having good feedback, and you know, yeah, we'll see how it goes.
1: And it's not about being super superstars either. It's you know, if you enjoyed doing it, you know, keep on, keep it on. We, for like, sure.
0: we like watching it. We like talking about it. And hopefully yeah. we're going to like actually getting our hands dirty, you know, once we start taking some yeah. lessons. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: all
0: right. Well, that's all we got for questions. So, yeah. um, Colin, thank you very much for coming on and talking with us. And, um,
2: Oh, I have something. So yeah. oh, all Dan right. rather has a show that he does. He interviews a lot of, uh, musicians and stuff and he ends his interviews and he says, mm-hmm. What's the one question I should have asked that I didn't? What do you think?
0: Hmm, interesting.
2: Um, what did we cover? What did we cover?
1: Oh, you, you should ask me if I'm free Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a real fan, come on. <laughs> we got to keep this going. No, please don't, everybody. <laughs> I love everybody. But um, no thank you in advance. You're beautiful. <laughs> You'll find love, I promise.
0: <laughs> well, with that, I think that's a good ending point for the episode. So, again, Colin, thank you for coming on with us and sitting and going through the whole episode wrap-up with us. You're the first contestant to do a full wrap-up with us, so we appreciate it. And, all right. Um, uh, thanks, everybody, for watching or listening to the podcast. Remember to subscribe and like all that good Social media stuff, we're there. Find us, um, Colin. Your Hippohead Forge on Instagram, I think. Or Hippohead. Yes. Hippohead Forge.
1: Hippo head. Instagram, Facebook. There's a website. I don't really update that because it's confusing, but you can check that out too, I guess.
0: Right. <laughs> HippoForge.com. <So>, cool. <laughs> cool. So again, thanks everybody for watching, and uh, we'll catch you in the next the next episode. So thanks. Bye bye. All right.
1: Thanks guys.